Welcome to the RICO 12 Shares Podcast. This is an open to all addictions and afflictions sharing meeting. If you would like to record a share or a recovery prayer for RICO 12 Shares, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash shares and follow the links there or click on the link in the show notes. RICO 12 Shares is not a dumping ground for problems, nor is it a place for storytelling. RICO 12 Shares is not a place for crosstalk or contacting others. RICO 12 Shares is not a place to promote or proselytize any products, services, or specific religions. RICO 12 Shares is a place to share and hear the solution, your experience, strength, and hope. RICO 12 Shares is a short shares-only meeting closed out with a recovery prayer that is recorded by any one of our participants or audience members. The RICO 12 family of recovery services is supported by participants and listeners. To become a supporter, what we call a RICO 12 spearhead, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash support or click on the link in the show notes. It is now time to share. RICO 12 shares. My name is Ashley S., and I am a recovered sexaholic, lustaholic, and codependent. I'd like to spend the next couple of minutes talking about my experience, strength, and hope with step two. In step one, I had a powerful spiritual experience that completely changed my life forever. A belief, uh, God disclosing himself to me. As it says on page 55 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we found a great reality deep down within us. Or as it says in the spiritual experience, that we found an inner resource. Now this belief was only a belief. I had not taken action on this belief. I knew in order to recover that I was going to have to complete the rest of the steps. I also had to look at what was the God that I was serving I was serving a God that had been passed on to me through childhood. I saw that I was serving a God that was judgmental, that I really didn't think truly loved me. And my sponsor was able to help give me some perspective by asking a lot of questions and receiving a lot of answers. I continued to seek to change my conception of God. He gave me some examples. Since I don't have children, but I do have a cat, we talked about my cat and how there is nothing that my cat could do that would make me not love her. Why couldn't it be the same with God? I didn't have to forever live under the dirty sex addict that I had made myself out to be. I could be forgiven. I could be loved unconditionally. So as the big book describes it, I had an old conception of a czar of the heavens, that God was something that was outside of myself, that was um, a long ways away from me, but I began to see that there was unity, and this was a process. It took working the rest of the 12 steps to make this a new reality. But 
what was really critical for me in step two was that I had, as the master teacher says, the faith of a mustard seed. I had trust and faith that my sponsor had worked the steps and it had a life-changing spiritual awakening and recovery as the result of working the steps. And if he could do it, so could I. I was willing to move to step three, to give my will, my thoughts, and my life, my actions, over to the care, not the control, but the care of a loving God that I now come to know. Rico 12 shares. Hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Gregory, and I'm a grateful recovering addict and um, really grateful. You know, I wanted to share today a little bit about a miracle that I'm seeing in my life because of the 12 steps uh, and because of the change that's happened in me. Um, You know, in in the big book uh, on page 98, we read about, you know, the section that talks about the domestic problems. And because of my addiction, um, you know, my relationship with my wife, um, there, there was like a distance. Uh, I'd hurt her many times, and it wasn't easy. And so, um, and so, there was work to be done. And and in the spirit of doing, you know, a living amends, I've been trying to do my my best to be unselfish and to try to live the promise uh, that we read in the big book that says we will lose interest in self selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Well, that was something that I applied at home. And again, page 98, it says that he could proceed to put those principles, principles of reparation, principles of living of the 12 steps into action at home. And then it skips a little bit and it says, if persisted in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. And I am seeing that. I am seeing that miracle happen more and more and more. The relationship that I have with my wife is blossoming and it is wonderful. Uh, There is a deeper connection. Actually, um, if I can say it this way, my wife is getting better. Uh, I'm changing. I'm trying to be unselfish. My wife is getting better. In the past, I was resentful that she would try to control me, that she would criticize me, and that, uh, you know, all of that stuff that she was mad at me, all of that has disappeared. Uh, My wife is now much better. (laughs) She's not critical. She's not complaining. And she's not controlling. I'm finding joy. And, and this is the beauty of this program. As much as I'm working on myself, um, others around me are doing so much better. Uh, either it's my attitude towards them that's different, or even that I'm stepping on their toes less, and they don't have to retaliate. And the program is working, and my life is becoming beautiful. Like I say, it's blossoming. And so I'm grateful to my God. I'm grateful for the strength that he gives me on a day-to-day basis because of this program. As I renew my step three commitment uh, to fire myself as the CEO of my life and to hire him as the CEO of my life and to be an agent for God, Inc., um, things are working. Uh, I just need to remember 
that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of all my problems. And therefore, you know, being selfless and being giving is the root of all my blessings. And I'm grateful to God for this. The program works. The miracles are coming and I'm loving life. And I want to thank you guys and, and sharing this with you today. Bye-bye. Rico 12 shares. Hi, I'm Ian and I'm a recovered alcoholic. Now, what do I mean by that exactly? A recovered alcoholic. How do I know that I'm an alcoholic? How do you know if you're an alcoholic? How do I know I'm recovered? How do you know whether or not you're recovered? Well, let me share a little bit with you about my experience on this. When I say that I'm an alcoholic, what I mean is two things. First, I have an abnormal reaction to alcohol physically. I don't drink like other people. I'm not good at moderating or controlling the amount that I drink. Once I get started, it is really hard for me to stop. Even if I plan to only have a little or I intend to only have a couple of drinks, over and over, I find myself in a situation where I drink a lot more than I intended and I get myself into all sorts of trouble. And I knew that basically my whole life. I started drinking as a teenage boy and I don't think I ever drank like other people. If that were my only problem though, then my solution would be pretty simple. I'd be like a person with an uh, allergy to strawberries, right? Well, just don't eat strawberries. But that's when I discovered, when I tried to do that, when I tried to just stop drinking, I discovered the second part of what it means to be an alcoholic, which is I can't stop drinking. See, my main problem centers not in my body with its abnormal physical reaction to alcohol. My main problem centers in my mind. My main problem happens actually when I'm stone cold sober. And I experience what we call the obsession of the mind. I experience this strange mental blank spot over and over and over. No matter how many times I resolve to stop drinking, no matter how much trouble I get myself into, no matter how sincere I am in my resolutions, my solemn oaths, no matter what I try, avoiding triggers, people's places and things, going to rehab, taking a trip, not taking a trip, no matter what I do, I always have a mind that leads me back to the first drink. I think this time will be different. Or maybe I think I've got a good reason this time. Or maybe I just start drinking with, with no thought at all, right? Six o'clock, no thought of drinking. 6.01, somebody pushes a drink my way and I take it and I don't even think about it. No premeditation at all. So what I mean when I say I'm an alcoholic is that I can't drink safely and I can't stop drinking. And under those conditions, obviously, I'm pretty hopeless because I'm going to start drinking over and over. I'm not going to be able to moderate the amount that I take over and over. I'm going to get real drunk over and over and do things that hurt me, that hurt other people, that make a wreck of my life. I'm going to be drunk all the time eventually by the end I was. That's what I mean when I say I'm an alcoholic. I mean, I'm a person for whom willpower doesn't work. Just don't drink. Doesn't work. Put the plug in the jug. Doesn't work. Don't drink and go to the next meeting. Doesn't work.
work, doesn't work, doesn't work, right? Neither me nor any other human power is going to be able to keep me away from that first drink. That's what I mean when I say I'm an alcoholic. So what do I mean when I say I'm recovered? What does it mean to be a recovered alcoholic? Does that mean that you just don't drink no matter what? No, that's not what it means because we can't do that. We can't just not drink no matter what. Does that mean that I go to a meeting with Alcoholics Anonymous every single day? Nope, it doesn't. I don't go to meetings most days. Does it mean I call my sponsor all the time? Nope, it doesn't. I talk to my sponsor from time to time. What it means for me um, is captured in the 10 step promises in our book, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Here's what it means. I'm quoting here. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. By this time, meaning after we've worked the first nine or 10 steps. We will seldom be interested in liquor if tempted. We recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. What it means to be a recovered alcoholic is to feel that way, to feel utterly neutral with respect to alcohol. I don't fight temptation to drink anymore because I don't experience temptation to drink anymore. I go out to parties. I go to bars. I go to New Year's celebrations. My partner is a normal temperate drinker. We keep vodka in the house all the time. I have no interest in it. That's what it means to be recovered. And if you're not experiencing that, you're not getting as much out of this program as you could. Rico 12 shares. Hi, my name is Ryan, and I am a sex addict. I'm also a son of God worth recovering. Um, I am grateful to be able to share a little bit. I wanted to share just a, a brief principle, um, a couple of brief principles about what has worked for me in helping to keep me sober. The first thing that I uh, that I want to share is that there is a difference I have found between um, going through the steps and working them with God's help. I can work the steps. I can I can try to work the steps and go through the motions without God's help, and it still doesn't work. But if I invite him into it, and if I'm open to a God that loves me, that cares about me, that wants me to do well, who wants me to succeed, that's when the power comes. And that's when I'm able to stay sober. That's when I'm able to change. That's when I'm relieved from the bondage of self, as the big book, big book talks about. I'm really, really grateful for that. I'm grateful that God shows up for me on a daily basis. He's been showing up before I knew it. And the second principle is that I, um, as I work step 10, as I go about my day-to-day -day business, one of the biggest blessings for me has been able to go back through and use these tools of recovery through working the steps to help process the hard emotions of life. God doesn't, I don't think God really intended to just rescue me from everything all the time. I believe that he wants me to learn and to grow. Um, I don't think his purpose is for me to be independent of him in this life, but I do think that he, he does want me to learn and grow so that I, I can become more than what I am now. And that process for me looks like doing everything I can to try to identify how to apply the 12 steps in my daily life. So that starts out for me um, 
really with with a principle. If I look at the steps, they they inform me as to the difference between the things I can and cannot control and can and cannot change. And the first three steps are about identifying that I am an addict, that I am powerless over my addiction and my life has become unmanageable. So I need God's help. I need to be open to him. And then I need to trust him with it and give it over to him. That's the first three steps. So I'm powerless over my addiction. And then the next part, the, the other thing that the steps teach me I need to give up to him are my defects of character and my myself. And that happens as a result of working steps four through seven. The things I can't control and the things I can't change on my own volition, on my own power, are my character defects. My selfishness, my self-centeredness, my inconsiderate tendencies, my, my tendency to lie. I can't change all that on my own. I've tried and it feels a little bit like my addictive tendencies. But if I work the steps and if I identify what those are through working a, an inventory of some kind of moral inventory to help inform me as to what I need to give up to him, I can share that with someone. I can become willing to let him have those things and then I can turn them over to him and ask him on his time and his, his schedule to remove those from me. I have noticed that that has worked really, really well for me. Um, God has come to my rescue and to my aid. And one of the biggest ways that I've seen that has been in my relationships with my kids. There have been so many times where I have gone to open my mouth to get mad at them for doing something we weren't supposed to. And as I'm inhaling to, to yell at them or to get mad, it's like God flips a switch and says, maybe, maybe ask what they're doing. <laughs> so what comes out of my mouth is not what I initially planned. I am so grateful for his help, for his aid in helping to change, change me, to coach me, to lift me up, to make me more than I am. Um, it's not something I can do on my own. And with that, I'll pass. It is now time to close the RICO 12 Shares meeting. If you wish to share some of your recent experience, strength, and hope, or have insights that you've gained from other speakers or other meetings, please follow the links in the show notes to our website and submit a recorded share there. You can also become a RICO 12 spearhead and financially support these projects by clicking on the support link in the show notes. Thanks. We will now launch off into the rest of our day with a prayer. Keep coming back. It works when you work it. So work it. You are worth it.